Hey, and welcome to the Braveheart Talks podcast, where we will be discussing some meaningful and insightful topics into the life of everyday women. You know, one of the greatest lies we allow ourselves to believe is, it's only me. No one else thinks like this, and no one else struggles with this. But the truth of the matter is, no matter what age, stage or life placement you find yourself in, women are women and we are complex creatures navigating life through a torrent of emotions, hormones and relationships. My prayer is that during these conversations, we help your life get a little better and you get a little better at life. My name is Emma Bryant and who knows, by the end of this podcast, we may be new best friends. Well, hey girls, you are listening today to our conversation, Braveheart Talks. We're so glad you've joined us. We talk about relevant things that are going to be helpful for your world. And if you are listening, why don't you subscribe if you enjoyed this conversation? That really helps us. And you can listen to this on Spotify, Apple Music, on YouTube. And hey, write comments. Let us know. It really encourages us. But we're going to have a great conversation today. I'm Megan and I'm joined today with Pastor Emma Bryant. Hey. Hi, Megs. I want to say happy Valentine's Day. It's tomorrow. It is tomorrow. But you can say that to your friends, right? Yeah, a lot of girls do this Galentine's do. thing, don't they? Where I've never been invited like, to one, but I haven't. Should we I don't start? know if you're allowed if you're married. <laughs> we can do our own <laughs> Galentine's. Anybody the guys? want to come to our yeah. girls' Galentine? Yeah, let, let's ditch the guys it. and say sorry. No days today. We're with the girls. <laughs> I'm sure they'd love that. Spa day Galentine's mm. sounds pretty appealing. Yeah, I like to me. that. Yeah, like but it. hey, Valentine's Day. What do you and Luke normally do? Do you go big on Valentine's Day? Do you like celebrating it? Is he all romantic? That's funny. I think, um, <laughs> so gosh, we've had a lot of Valentine's days together. So I think we've been together for 21 years. Oh, wow. So that's a lot of Valentine's that days, is. right? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think in our early days when we were dating, we, we've we never missed a Valentine's Day. I've never not had a Valentine's card. So I think it's important well, to say good. that. That's a win. I've never not had a Valentine's <laughs> card. And we've done loads of stuff over the years. We've um, we've had date nights in where we've been, you know, cooked meals and done things like that. Yeah. Decorated houses and made <laughs> cute <fun>. nights. <laughs> um, then we've gone out to the restaurants. But I think as we've got older or we've matured in our relationship with each other I think you know we kind of try not to let culture define you yeah I'm very much like listen Luke right flowers on any day of the week (laughs) for no reason at all speak volumes way more than Valentine's flowers just because it's Valentine's Day so you know that's kind of Nathan's got this thing where he says because I'm in charge of the budget it means he can't ever go out and buy me things (laughs) so I'm like well I don't think it works like that you can still go out and get me some flowers so maybe he'll listen to this and quickly run out tonight and and get me some for tomorrow (laughs) the BP garage on the way home from work it's like guys any guys that are listening you know, garage flowers are the worst. <laughs> like <laughs> the I, multicolored, I the bright colors. I think once colors. I said to Luke, I don't even want supermarket flowers. I want you to go to a florist and I want you to have me something made up. Like wow. make it special. And does he do that? Does he... <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll listen to this tonight and Sorry, run out baby, to a florist. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, there we go. Well, I buy my own. 
Buy your own yeah, flowers. Just, I do that. With my weekly shop, I get flowers every yeah. week for myself. I think that's okay. <laughs> but hey, it's Valentine's. So we're going to have a conversation today, all things dating. And we could we could speak about this forever, but we're going to focus on that aspect of dating. But often we think of when you're dating is when you've just met someone and you've, you know, gone on your first few dates. Yeah. And we don't often associate dating actually when we're like further down the line and say you've been married a while now. So, hey, do you think it's important for those who maybe been with someone for a long time to actually date their spouse? Oh, 100%. 100%. I think marriage is one of the areas where people seem to think that once they're married, they're over the line and we don't have to try anymore. And it's just it's wrong. And you know what? We know that, that everything we talk about, like we're all like, we could tell our husbands, but I think we too have a huge responsibility. Um, you know, there's no area, there's no other area in life that you could neglect and expect to see improvement. It's very true. Like you couldn't neglect your body and expect to see improvement, right? You have to pay it attention. Yeah. You couldn't run a business and neglect it would expect that business to improve year on year it wouldn't it would mm-hmm. start to demise because and decline because we're not paying it attention yeah. and yet there's something about marriage where we just think oh well you know we, we don't have to pay it any attention and it will just keep on getting better and it's absolutely madness and yeah. so I think it's vitally important that you keep on pursuing each other um way after marriage yeah you know there's there's a story in um in genesis it's in genesis 29 and it's a story that we all know so well and although this relates to the way the woman sees the man i actually believe that it is still the same principle in reverse and it's the story of two sisters rachel and leah and um, funny, funny story. The Bible is hilarious. If you have never read it, you should read it because it's quite funny. <laughs> but it talks about these two girls, two sisters. And imagine this. This is exactly how they're described in the Word of God. It says that Rachel had a beautiful face and a lovely figure. And then it says, and Leah was um, weak in the eyes. Like basically saying Rachel was hot, Leah was not. It's it's like these two sisters. Yeah. And Jacob wants to marry Rachel. He's fallen in love with her. And her father Laban said, okay, well, you have to work for seven years. Then I will give you Rachel's hand in marriage. And so he worked for seven years because wow. love makes you do crazy things. Yeah. And, you know, the time went really quickly and the wedding day come and the father tricked him and said, well, actually, Leah's the older sister, so you need to marry her first. And he said, so he ended up with Leah, and but he still wanted to marry Rachel. And so the father said, well, you have to work for seven more years for Rachel. Oh my goodness. And I've always <laughs> read that and thought that he had to work for another seven years and then he had Rachel. But actually, when you understand the culture and you do the study on this particular subject, what you see is that he gave Rachel at the same time, but made um, Jacob commit to working for another seven years for her and what you see in there was he continued to work for something he already had Mm. so he had Rachel and he had the marriage but he still committed to work for another seven years 
to honour the father's request. Wow. And I think that's such a picture in marriage. Like, yeah. I know we want to all share that scripture with our husband and go, <laughs> he continued to pursue her. Yeah. Because we all want to be pursued, right? Yeah. But we have that obligation as well. And we have that privilege as well. Yeah. That we should make our husbands feel like we're continuously pursuing them. Like, yeah. I'm going to do anything and everything to have you, to hold you, to keep you, mm-hmm. and to make your life the best it can possibly, yeah. um, can possibly I love be. love that, yeah. So, so important. You know, and it is so true. It's so easy to neglect it. It's so, like you said, when you're having a bad day, you take it out on the ones you love the most or the closest to you. So it's oh, just, yeah. marriages can be so hard. But like you said, dating is so important in marriage. Honestly. And I, I think what happens is we look like social media and we often refer to social media on here right because it's the yeah tool of the day and it's the worst thing for you looking at everyone else's date nights and everyone mm-hmm. else's couples photos and you're looking at it and um you're com- then comparing what your reality to their instagram post yeah and I once heard this expression and it said if you are looking over the fence and the grass is greener on the other side, it's time to water your own garden. Mm. And I just love that because you can look at somebody else's relationship with envy or you can say, actually, I desire to be more like that in our relationship. What can I do Mm -hmm. to make the difference? Yeah, that's great. Well, it's clear that it's obviously important to date your husband and to date your spouse, but have you got any tips or advice how we can just be better for our husbands in in that area? Anything that you do or you found, or even like the mums out there who've got kids and they just think they've got no time for their husbands, like what can they maybe do better in that area? Yeah, I think every day there's opportunity. And we're always living for one day when. So we live on this merry-go-round of like the weekend's coming. And then we go there in our minds of what we think the weekend's going to be like. And like, you know, um, Friday night's going to be a date night. Mm -hmm. Or then we're going to have a family time Saturday or, you know, church on Sunday. And and then you imagine what that's going to be like doing that together as a couple. And then the weekend hits and it's all kinds of carnage. And everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong. And and then it doesn't happen the way that you thought it would happen. And then you get pretty stressed out, disappointed. And then you you start really taking that out on each other. And I think we have to live in moments and not milestones. And so so we want to live in milestones because we want to, to, you know, I always wanted these like, One of the issues that Luke and I used to argue about so much, particularly in our early days of marriage, was like, you never take me on a date night. Why Mm -hmm. don't you take me on a date night? And actually, like, without sounding cheesy, I want to treat our life like we are dating all the time. So he doesn't need to have me on a date night for me to hold his hand or give him a kiss or give him a cuddle. It doesn't need to be a date night. We can do that when we're in the kitchen making tea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. Because the point of the date night is to make somebody else feel special and feel like they're your priority and they're your number one. Well, you can fit that into your routine every day without the stress of, oh, last Saturday this was supposed to happen and it never happened. Do you not love me anymore? Yeah. And all the drama and all the tears. And I'm speaking for someone. 
who's well, <laughs> well experienced and passed all the drama and the tears. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, just to say, keep pursuing, keep dating. Yeah. But just could be creative yourself in the yeah. way that you can do that. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny you, you say, can cook yeah. a special meal when the kids yeah. are going to bed. It's funny you say that being creative. I've met this couple once. You know, when you go around a couple and you're really inspired by them and they tell you what you do and you're like, wow, <laughs> makes us feel really bad at what we do. <laughs> they had this thing, they called it A to Z dating. And they had this like book. So every week, like one night a week, whatever, they'll have date night, but they'll go through the alphabet on what they, they do on that date night. So, for example, um, say it's B, they'll bake together or do something. <laughs> that was not me. That was no. I was thinking, oh, I yeah. a couple that inspired C, you. They might, honestly, they were doing the C, they'd done crafts, they'd get like painting out to go. I said, I couldn't imagine doing anything like that. D, no. they'll go dancing. <laughs> S, they'll go salsa. All of it. Oh, my goodness. Me. I was inspired. No, we, didn't, we didn't take that on. not want to use the S for salsa. I can guarantee that. Tonight, Luke, we're doing salsa. <laughs> but I, that's it, I like it. It's got to be creative. It's creative. But like you said, it doesn't work for everyone. And if it inspires some, then it's great. And I, I do like it every now and then doing something spontaneous. I'm yeah. someone like, I'm quite controlling, so I like to plan. Yes. But then also you like to be spontaneous. So it, it's very hard for the men sometimes to yeah. read what we actually want. I can remember... Um, you know, we our dear friends, uh, Sh- uh, Sean and Jill Johnson, who run Red Rocks Church out in Colorado. And I remember one of the stories they told us from their early um, years marriage. And um, and it was, and I, and I hope I quote this right, but they had, they were starting out in life together. They had like no money. I think they were in like a one bedroom department. And he couldn't take Jill away on holiday. They couldn't do anything together. Mm-hmm. And it was a real tension in their marriage. Um, and I can't remember, I think it was Mexico. He wanted to have this dream to one day wow. take it to Mexico. And financially, it was just never going to work. And um, and he came home one day and she brought Mexico to him. That's how he describes Aww. it. And so she cooked Mexican food and she'd put Mexican flags up. And Love she'd that. set the room out and brought umbrellas and made it all fancy and had the music on in the background and I think they sat on beach rugs on the lounge floor and and I love that that's yeah. just being creative yeah. that's just taking yeah. initiative right yeah. and just 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 making the date come to you to where to where you're at in yeah, life don't definitely. live for one day when look at where you are at now mm-hmm. how can we make the most yeah. of where we're at in our relationship in our marriage with our finances and the stage and the age that our children are at what mm-hmm. can we do Exactly. Now? Yeah, I love that. And the girls listening should definitely comment on this and let us know some of the dates they've been on and some of the, you know, give us some date night ideas because yeah, I love that. Yeah. But let's rewind a little bit. We spoke about dating sort of in marriage and how it's so important. But let's rewind for those listening who are considering dating. Um, you know, they're ready. They, they're wanting a partner. What would you say? Because I think dating's changed it's very much changed from maybe when when you were dating I mean it probably started to change sort of when I was sort of looking at dating but a lot of people now seem to find people online they seem to you know whether it's an app or whether it's a you know a dating website so let's talk about that because actually it it's what people are doing now apparently 80% of people who date now they meet their their partner online wow. I know crazy figures um so what would you say and what are your thoughts about 
dating online? Like what could we maybe say, would you encourage it? Or what some things that you should consider when you maybe are meeting someone who you found online? (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I just for a split second tried to put myself in this generation (laughs) as like, like you know, a young single female what would I be like? I'm so not tech savvy. I'd probably be single for the rest of my life. And then I have this really, you know, really bad habit of mistexting and things oh, coming gosh, out wrong. Work your way. And I've said some dreadful things by mistake when I've been trying to message people. We won't go there on this podcast. So I, I, yeah, try to imagine. I understand the world has changed, and I understand that you know. Um, the way that we Zoom, the way that we FaceTime and mm-hmm. interact with social media, it's become just common every day. You know, I do remember when I was in the dating season of my life and I do remember one of my friends particularly went online dating and and I just thought, oh my gosh, like, you know, um, she's going to meet some psychopath mm-hmm. and, you know, get murdered or something terrible. It was because yeah, that was what you would yeah. think. But actually, um, she actually went on to marry this guy, believe wow, it or not. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, I, I think it, the world has changed a lot. I don't think young people, you know, get out um, in the same way that perhaps you did 20, 40 years ago. Mm. It, you, you socialize a lot when you're online. I don't have an issue with meeting people online because I think whether you're meeting them in person or whether you're meeting them online what you're looking for in them should remain the same yeah so there is always that whole hey you know what we want to get to know each other you know I'm all about get to know each other before you start dating that's massively important yeah but you know you can be with somebody in person and not have the confidence to ask the questions that you actually want to have, but because you've met them in person, you think you've got to know them. Where actually, I think even online, the the tool that the the phone gives us is it gives you the boldness and the confidence to ask some questions that you actually wouldn't have the confidence to ask when you are, you know, um, face to face. So for me, I'm like, you're um principles your fundamental principles they have to be the same yeah like what's so their core values you go straight for that you know what I mean obviously you're going to be attracted to his you know his face and his biceps they might <laughs> speak louder first and there's got to be a physical yeah. attraction I understand that but the next thing that you need to go to and it is the most important because it is going to be what the whole of your life hinges on if you pursue this person is what are his core values what are his um life principles you know it, your principles are the fundamental truth that becomes the foundation of what you're about to build something on. It's great. So you've got to know what his principles are. Are they the same as yours? Because if they are not, then you don't have a foundation, a solid foundation to start building on. Mm -hmm. So your principles that we're talking about what we believe in the word of God as Christians. Yeah how we think around the word of God and the direction we want to take our life. Now, when my car flags up red on the petrol gauge, okay, 
I understand the principle of what the fuel does to the engine of the car, right? Therefore, I don't have to pray whether I need to put petrol in the tank or not. Do you get yeah, me? Yeah. Like I don't have to start like, you know, interceding with my hands on the car. I'm asking the Lord, you know, is it going to motion forward or are we going to be stuck here? And do I need to call the AA or what should I do in this situation? I'm very confused. I understand how important the fuel is to the engine and I understand what the fuel does for the engine. So when the red light comes on, I don't need to pray. I need to put petrol in the car. I know what I need to do. When you understand the principles of the kingdom of God, right? You don't need to pray about things as much as you do because you just know. That's so true. And it's really important because a lot of young people, I think, take the word of God as a suggestion rather than as a principle. Wow. And when you take it as a suggestion, it just becomes one of many suggestions. You know, I know the word of God says to do it this way, but my friend did it this way and it seemed to work for her. Mm-hmm. But the problem is with other people's suggestions and opinions is they do change over the time. But the Bible tells us that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. Yeah. And it's his written word. And the reason his word was written is because it was written for longevity over our lives. Like you can count on the word of God. And yeah. trust me, because I am that person. I'm I'm an old enough dinosaur to have done it this way, that way, (laughs) every other way, got it completely wrong more than once. And I'm here to testify and say, when I decided to build my life on the principles of the word of God, everything changed. His word is a solid foundation. It's steadfast and and it, it doesn't change. So point being, find someone who's got the same principles as you, and then you can start to build something great together whether that's finding that person online or in person doesn't matter the fundamentals should remain the same yeah that's so true such good wisdom there um and I think as well once you know someone starts dating it is that that is it it's a dating period so it's almost like you know you're testing the waters I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on people as soon as they start dating yeah. especially in the Christian circle to yeah. is it going to end in marriage is it you know this is the one and I think actually this is just like a testing season to see actually is this right so for those girls who may be in that season now where they've started dating someone but it's it's soon enough to sort of sort of get out or commit further you know how can someone know what are some of the signs that this relationship actually isn't heading in the right direction or this person isn't actually the right fit for me like what are some of the signs or things they can look for and which is like a warning flag to to run in the other direction yeah that's that is a great question and i think um just to say on that i have been this girl by the way mm-hmm. That sometimes we're so desperate in this society, yeah. crying out for affirmation yeah, and true. affection. We'll take it from anyone, anywhere. And so though you may have warning signs that the relationship is wrong or off kilt somewhere, you won't address it or speak up about it because you crave the attention from it. Wow. And but you're only ever heading yourself to an even greater disappointment in the future. 
there is a scripture in Ecclesiastes and basically it says this, if you get into something and it doesn't feel quite right, whatever that is in your life, you could apply that to anything. We're just applying that to relationships. Yeah. If you get into something and it doesn't feel quite right, have the wisdom yeah. to back out. Okay. And so, you know, the wisdom there would be that when you're open to the things in the way of God, it's like, it's that inner conscience. It's that niggle that doesn't leave you. It's that, you know, when you're with someone and you're super relaxed and you're super chilled and you know when a boundary is being overstepped, either in a way they've spoken to you, a conversation you've had, or a way they're a being with you, and it just makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That is a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you need to find out what that something is and address it. I think, um, you know, everyone becomes who they think the other person wants them to be yeah. in the early day, days of dating. So you'll get the most worldly man and he's in church and yeah. he's getting <laughs> baptized and he's signed up for every activity going. And she's like, oh, it's just amazing. He's just so in heart for the house and, <laughs> and you know and you get sort of like six weeks into that relationship and he's nowhere to be seen because now they've settled into their flow and so again warning signs you know um you know I think we can date each other at different stages of our faith life mm -hmm. and you might be dating somebody who's new to faith you might be dating somebody who's advanced in years in faith um, but you do the journey together and you help each other on the journey but I think as soon as there is resistance and you're disagreeing about what you fundamentally built your house on you know like one of my fundamental truths that I've established my life on my dating season my marriage my family life is as for me in my house we will serve the yeah. lord so churches are non-negotiable no one in my house has ever woken up and said to me are we going yeah. to church today i mean i'm talking before we were pastoring because it was what we always did mm -hmm. it it wasn't and i've never had to to drag my husband or my yeah. kids there or fight anyone and i thank the lord for that but i'm just saying they're all signs very early on that if you don't pick up on you will cause yourself some huge problems much further on yeah. and so i think it's important just to be really sensitive to that quiet voice because the more you ignore it the quieter it becomes wow. and the harder it is to hear. So true. Um, so know what your fundamentals really are. Yeah. Um, know what your principles are. And then once you really know what you're about, you yeah. don't have to pray as hard. You don't have to be like, yeah, love you know, that. Lord, is Jimmy the right for me or is Jimmy not <laughs> right for me? Like, I yeah. just don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you know. And sometimes what we do is we're trying to fight what the wisdom of God is saying by trying to find loopholes and yeah, ways around and justify yeah. why he's right when we know. We know, yeah. But that works in reverse as well, yeah. so. I love that. Yeah. And you spoke there about principles and, you know, the, the will of God and the way of God and, and his words. And there are girls listening now who are in relationships. They are have decided to, to follow God's word in the sense of wait until marriage to have sex. And I've had talks with girls and, you know, recently, you know, I've had a conversation where it's knowing the difference of, okay, so we're honoring God, we're not having sex, but also how do I differentiate between, are we just mates or is this going to be a bit, can we get intimate? 
And I actually think I've had either you or Luke speak about this. I'd love for you to share about this idea of can you even be intimate before the wedding day? And if so, how? Like, how can intimacy look before you're married? You know, you're not having sex, but you want to be intimate with your partner. You know, is there anything on that, the idea of intimacy before marriage? Yeah, I think the question that's on everyone's lips, literally. Um, So, yeah, because I do understand you can't, there's not a scripture and a verse that you can turn to and say, thus saith the Lord, no. Or thus saith the Lord, nothing from above the knee. You know, (laughs) it would be super helpful if he did, but he doesn't make it that clear. But, you know, the wisdom is that we're to find out the will of God for our lives. And, um, you know, I think I'm I'm thinking of of a few different examples just actually as we speak, because I am no relationship guru, by the way. And I'm, I'm no, you know, I've lived a real life as well. And so I understand um, how passion pursues you and how you want to pursue it. And, you know, and I understand the reality of the world that we live in. I'm actually mindful of something Stephen Furtick said, Pastor Stephen Furtick, when he was dating his wife, Holly, and I just... I had never heard anything like this before. And if you've ever seen Stephen Furtick and his wife, Holly, on Instagram, beautiful looking, cool couple, you know, three young kids, amazing. But their testimony was, you know, he, he, he said he didn't actually fully kiss her until their wedding day. Gosh. Now that blows my mind. I don't think I don't think Luke had stayed with me. Honestly, I don't. But his slant on it is, I know that I wouldn't have been able to stop, yeah, or hold back. I kind of I can identify with that when it comes to dieting. Yeah, you know, it's like I would rather eat nothing bad than have one thing bad. Because then I'd be like, oh, stuff it. I've, I'll just indulge in everything yeah. all day. So I do kind of understand that. Now, that might be very extreme and very far-fetched. However, that's his story and that's what worked for him. And that's where his conviction was at. I also think that you, you need to know together as a couple where your conviction is at. And the beauty about marriage is that it says that a three-strand cord is not easily broken. But that is just, that's talking about having God in the center of your marriage. But that third cord is in place when when you're dating as well. Mm -hmm. And everything that you do together should be intertwined around God. I've also heard it said, you know, would you be comfortable what you were doing, what you're doing if Jesus was physically stood in the room? Because actually by his spirit, he's there. He's the unseen listener to every conversation and he's the unseen partner to everything you think you're doing and it's an absolute secret. Well, Jesus is present there. So you just got to know where your yardstick is. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as a couple, know know your limits. Know your limits that where you can go to and you can still stand before God with your arms held high and believe for his goodness and blessings. Because it's a little bit like, um, I know this sounds, might sound a little bit silly, but if you've ever been that child and like I knew my mum used to hide Christmas presents when we were kids, so I'd make it my mission to go and find them. Like 
If I knew they were hiding, I was not stopping till I'd found them. And so I'd peep at what they were. But then on Christmas Day, it was a bit like, meh. Because yeah, I knew so what I was getting. And, you know, it's such a beautiful gift when yeah. you're talking about sex. It yeah. is a gift that is given to God for the intimacy mm-hmm. of marriage. Yeah. Um, but I would love to share this scripture with you. And so, yeah, it's the it's a gift that's given to God for the intimacy of marriage. And, and then what that means is it's like you're kind of like ruining your own party. Yeah. You're ruining your own gift. Mm-hmm. It's It's something that he's given to you and... And, and I think when you've abstained or you've withheld yeah. for the purpose of doing it right before God, you reap such blessings yeah. on your marriage and on your future, you know, relationship with one another, untold blessings yeah. that this world doesn't know. You cannot experience the blessing of God or know what that is like. There is a difference when you are exploring yeah. outside of marriage and when you're intimate with your husband in marriage yeah. it's, it's different yeah. but I do want to just share this scripture because Song of Solomon it's it's a beautiful beautiful story it's it's a love story and actually if you were to do a study on this or get into what some of the bible commentaries and bible scholars teach it it's it's sexual, it's sensual, but it's beautiful. And it's it's really God's way of talking about two lovers and the way he sees them in their relationship and the pursuing of one another and then really what marriage should be like. And Solomon, who we know was the wisest man to have ever lived, he wrote it out in a poetic form because that was the nature of yeah. the style he wrote in. But it says this in Song of Solomon 8 verse 4, and what I find really interesting, girls, is that this, it's a challenge to the girls because it starts off by addressing, oh, daughters of Jerusalem, that's us today. He's he's going, listen up, girls, I've got something that I need to say to you. Do not awaken or arouse love until it so desires. It's telling us don't awaken or arouse love, right? It's talking in the physical content until the right time. And it really surprised me that the onus was on us. Let me just read you the same scripture in the message translation. He writes it like this. He says, imagine this, his left hand cradling my head, his right arm is around my waist. Oh, Let me warn you, sisters of Jerusalem, do not excite love and do not stir it up until the time is right and you are ready. Yeah, wow. And it's really, when I read that, what I saw is the guy's going there. His head, his arm is is playing with her hair and his (laughs) arms around her waist and they both know where this is going. Yeah. But the onus is on her to say, no. Yeah. The onus was there on her to say, I'm not going to do this because it's not our time now. And when our time is ready, then we'll waken that side of our relationship up. Wow, I love that. Challenging. Challenging. powerful. Yeah. And you know what, Meg, for me as well, stories and scriptures, I'm coming like... 
I wish I'd understood a lot yeah. of this teaching when I was like 21. Definitely. I 100%. wish I knew. Yeah. And it didn't. And you can't live your life by what you don't yeah. know. But once you know, it's, it's beautiful. That's it. And I think I was thinking, you know, about this idea because when you're in marriage, you know, sex is a big part of marriage, but also intimacy and love. There's so many more areas. And I was thinking about that book, um, Five Love Languages. I'm sure a lot of the girls yes. have listened to it. But actually, only one of the love languages is physical touch, which is, you know, we could put reference down to sex and intimacy. The rest, you can do all the rest before marriage. You can give Absolutely. gifts before marriage. You can access service, words of affirmation, quality of time. Them. Like it's actually only one of the ways you can show love. So for those dating, like push into the other four, like physical touch can wait. Like you said, don't arouse it before the right time, but the rest, you can do the other things like gifts, quality times, words of affirmation is massive. Um, so I think that's, you know, exciting for those dating that there is other ways so to pursue true. it. But um, so to finish true. this conversation then, you know, let's end on this idea of marriage because actually society, you know, people can be quite scared of marriage and the commitment and it, you know, the big step, but marriage is a gift from God. Sex is a gift from God. It's his purpose for our lives. Um, so why should we pursue it? Why should we pursue marriage? Um, yeah, I think God's hand of blessing, or I don't think, I know God's yeah. hand of blessing. He, he designed us to be together. Yeah. You know, when God first created Adam, that actually Adam was both male and female. When God created man, within that one man, there was both male and female. But what God identified was that the man actually lived alone and all of the other animals in the garden seemed to find a partner, but there was no one for Adam to share his life with. And God identified that actually the best thing I can give him is someone to partner his life with and to, 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 to go through life with, having an experience together. And so he put Adam to sleep and he took the rib out of his side. And I love all of that. Honestly, there is just like I could talk forever yeah. on this. There's so many um, principles just in that, you know, I love the fact that he didn't take a piece of bone from Adam's head because we're not above the man and he didn't take a piece of bone from his foot because we're not below the man, but he took it from a piece of bone right next to his heart, right mm. in his side, because he said, you know, she's to be by my side. And if you think about the rib cage, it's under the man's arm. And so we journey together, but she's protected by the man. And all of this intimacy comes out of a form of, of marriage. It's what God has blessed. It's what he's yeah. ordained. I actually believe that, you know, there is a real fight on for godly relationships right now. Wow. I think the enemy doesn't want, he definitely doesn't want you to pursue a godly wow. marriage. He definitely doesn't want you to try and do it all right. He doesn't want you to have um, um, pursue a partner um, who will one day be your spouse, who is a man of God. And there will come every thought into your head to stop you from doing it right and from going in the right direction because he knows what a powerhouse couple you will be. Yeah. Like you will, you will like two, two people who have built their life on principles of the word of God, they are going to be unstoppable, yeah, absolutely unstoppable. And then you're going to produce godly offspring. Yeah. 
You're going to produce children and you're going to raise them up in the way that we should go. And all of the time you're advancing the kingdom of God and the enemy doesn't want that. And yeah. so so we get disillusioned and we fall into the trap of, well, everybody else is living together. Why can't I live together? And everybody else is doing this. Why shouldn't I do this? And I think it's really important that we we are mindful of, no, no, no. We, we serve God, we obey God, and we, we follow his word. And more than that, I want the blessing of God yeah. on my relationship and I want it on my kids and I and I and so I have to set my life up right in order for that to yeah to happen and um, and by the way this is no way condemning you know there'll be people listening and they're like well we've lived together for the last five years where, where does that leave us hey listen right what you don't know and what you've never known you, you've never known yeah, and so God true. doesn't judge you by that no Okay, but the word of God is 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 here like a buffet table spread before you, and God says, "Come and feast off my goodness. Yeah, Come and good. see what this means to you in your situation now, and um, and let God start to bless and direct and help shape your life from this point onwards." Wow, I love that. Well, hey, Em, I've loved everything about this conversation. Thank it's you great so much for blessing us girls and teaching and inspiring mm. and leading mm. by example. What What are you doing for? Valentine's Day tomorrow. Oh gosh, ask Nathan. Hopefully he surprised something. <laughs> Hopefully he's got, I'll let you know tomorrow. If not, I'll be texting you saying, can I come around for, was it Galentine's? Galentine's. <laughs> I'm here with my ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, girls, it's been so good having you join us today. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation. And why don't you share this with your friends? Bless them at this season. And we can't wait for you to tune in in two weeks time. But until then, if you haven't got your ticket yet for Braveheart Conference, head over to our website at braveheartconference.co.uk and you can find out about all the information on there. Until next time, girls, take care.